I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sun shines ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Good afternoon, it is Saturday, February 24th, 2018. And we are gathered together again on Facebook Live in order to go through a da our daily Bible reading and a brief study of that reading. Today we are looking at Mark chapter 7, as you can see from the graphic right there. Uh, throughout this week we started in Mark chapter 3 on Tuesday, and now here we are in Mark chapter 7. Tomorrow morning, we will gather together here at the Loveland Heights Church of Christ at 10 a.m. for Bible class and then 11 a.m. for a time of worship and praise together. Uh, and during that time of worship, I'll bring forth a lesson from that reading. Uh, this week, we're going to be looking specifically at Mark chapter 3 and looking at the topic of hard hearts. Um, how that applies to us, the hard hearts of the Pharisees, how that um, impacts us and the things that we need to look out for because there is a problem of being hard-hearted uh, and there is also a consequence of hard hearts uh, and what that ultimately would lead to. And then, of course, we'll talk about some alternatives, what Christ expects us to have instead of hard hearts. Um, so we'll be looking at that tomorrow morning. I also want to let you know that if you're watching this and you're not a member of the church here, you're still welcome to visit. We would love to have you visit with us and answer any questions that you have, but also just to fellowship with you uh, and, and uh, share the gospel with you. Uh, tomorrow is a great opportunity for you to come visit. Tomorrow we will be gathering after our morning worship at 11 a.m. We will be having a potluck. It's our monthly potluck. Uh, this month is breakfast theme, so we'll have uh, some brunch after church. Uh, and then uh, immediately after that, that time of, of eating and fellowship, we will gather uh, back together again in the auditorium uh, and we will sing praise. Uh, this Every month, on the fourth, typically the fourth Sunday, we have a time of uh, fellowship and that potluck meal, and then, of course, we will gather and, and sing. It's our, our uh, monthly time of, of singing. Of course, we sing during our normal worship services as well, uh, but this time is mainly focused on learning some new songs and also just singing some songs that, that maybe have good memories for us uh, and, and just, uh, you know, praising God. Uh, so I hope you can join us for that tomorrow morning. Uh, again, 10 a.m. for Bible class, 11 a.m. for worship, followed by potluck, and then singing. And then we should probably be done for the day around 2 or 3 o'clock, depending on how long we eat and how long we sing. So it's a great time, and I hope you can join us. With that said, let's go ahead and get into Mark chapter 7. I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I know Saturdays are typically busy, but hopefully you have an opportunity to sit down with your family uh, and, and go through the reading together. And if you choose to use this video, great. If you want to do your own personal study, that's great as well. But we're going to start here in Mark chapter 7 in verse 1. Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, which means unwashed. Now remember, at the beginning of this 
uh, book, the beginning of Mark, we talked about how Mark is writing more towards a Gentile audience. And so some of the Jewish traditions like this, uh, he explains. And so the Jewish tradition was not to eat with defiled hands. And he explains that. Unwashed hands. Verse 3, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat, and here's, here's the further explanation, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. So, Mark's basically explaining the tradition of the elders is to wash your hands before you eat, wash your hands after you go to the market. Oh, and by the way, do your dishes and clean up your house. That's the tradition of the elders. Those traditions in and of themselves are not bad things. They're not bad things to do. It's good to wash your hands. It's good to wash your hands when you come back from the store. In fact, all of those things, all of those traditions should be observed, but there's a key point to all of this. There's a difference between you should do this rather than you must do this. Let's continue. Verse 5. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And Jesus said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, or Mark explains, that is given to God. Whatever you would have gained from me is given to God. Then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do. Now, Jesus goes right on the attack and starts talking about them, about their vain traditions and the things that they do that takes away from the word of God. And one of those things that he's pointing to here is the giving to the temple. And they're, they're saying that the tradition there was that um, if, if someone gave to the temple, that basically excused them from being able to help out their parents and, and give them money or, or give them assistance in some way. Now, what does that have to do with washing your hands? Well, remember, Jesus is getting there. This is the next part of it. Verse 14. And he called the people to him again, and he said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. The word defile there means to make unclean, right? We, we already talked about that. Their hands were defiled, unclean hands. Being sick doesn't make you unclean. Now, according to Jewish tradition and, and everything, it did. Being sick meant you were unclean. If a woman was menstruating, she was considered unclean. If, if someone had a skin disorder, often referred to and lumped into the term leprosy, 
they were unclean and people couldn't talk to them or go to them or touch them. By the way, Jesus did anyways. All right? So it's not what a person puts into them that defiles them, but what comes out. So washing the hands has no consequence in terms of uncleanness. Perhaps it could make one sick, but it doesn't make them unclean or unholy. But what comes out of them? And when he had entered the house and left the people, verse 17, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled? Thus he declared, All foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. None of those things can you catch by eating pork, by eating bacon. Well... Nah, gluttony's not on this list, so we're good. No, I'm just kidding. So, Jesus is saying the things that go into you are not what defiles you. It's purity, and this is really what we're talking about here, is purity. It's not a matter of what you eat. It's not a matter of your diet, but it's a matter of your heart. Jesus realized that, and says here, that because food never actually enters the heart, of course we know that nutrients and stuff get there through the blood and all that, but he's saying that the physical food doesn't pass through the heart. Instead, it goes to the stomach. And so that food and the things that are going into your mouth can affect your heart's purity. And thus he declares all foods clean, right? This is a revolutionary idea. This is something that is totally out there and something that a lot of people would have probably, whoa, even the disciples, as, they, as you saw there. Because to many Jews, the food laws were literally a manner, a manner of life and death. Consider Daniel. Everybody know, Anybody who knows me knows that I love the book of Daniel. My middle son's middle name is Daniel. Right? Daniel 1 verse 8. He was determined to die rather than defile himself with the king's food. Food that had been offered to and, and sacrificed to the king's idols thus making it unclean. And perhaps there were other things a part of that food that went against the Jewish food laws. And so now Jesus is saying that food regulations, these food regulations were unnecessary, uh, that they were unnecessary. This was a radical and offensive statement to make. Now perhaps this is why his disciples didn't understand the parable. Jesus being a Jew, they being Jews as well, they don't understand that. There's nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. The early church, those Jews, and even mainly Jews, who were converted and and became Christians, um, many on the day of Pentecost and, and, and many after, they struggled with this as well. Right? Peter refused this for years. So to build on your study, your personal study today, I want you to take a look at Acts chapter 10. Look at verses 9 through 16 and Peter's um, 
aversion to this teaching, to this truth. So look, check into that. Acts 10, verses 9 through 16. Now, Jesus' teaching here is difficult, but it is very, very important. To miss, to miss this is to miss the kingdom. And you may think, well, that doesn't make any sense. If, it, if it's that important, you know, why isn't there more in the Bible about it? Well, there is actually. Romans chapter 14, verse 17, Paul writes, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but, a, a, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom has nothing to do with the food that you put in your body. It has nothing to do with whether you wash your hands before you eat or not. Of course, that could help. The longevity of your life on earth, but it doesn't impact the kingdom. It doesn't impact your eternal life. That's the important part. Now, Jesus had just rebuked the Pharisees back in verse 6 by quoting Isaiah, saying, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You can have clean hands, you can have beautiful, reverent, perfect words. You could eat a perfect diet exactly according to the Levitical laws. Everything kosher. But you can still have a distant heart. Jesus is teaching this because it needs to change. That thought process, that heart process needs to change. His kingdom and Jesus desire sincerity over ceremony. And that's an important important aspect to that. Of course, this all makes things hard because that's the Jewish traditions. It's easier to avoid certain foods than to live a pure life. I think for anyone who's ever done a diet can agree to that. I, for one, am on a, I'm, I'm on a diet right now and I have to avoid certain foods so that I can stay true to the diet. But that doesn't mean I don't want those other foods. I really could go for a McDonald's hamburger right now. But I'm not. But you see, it's easy to avoid that rather than live a pure life. But Jesus demands complete purity from the inside out, not the outside in. He requires purity in everything that you say, everything you think, everything you do. And that's what he talks about there in verse 20 through 22. All of those things that come out of a person. The heart is what determines your response to Jesus. The heart determines your actions. And the heart determines your purity. So here's your challenge for today and the rest of the weekend. We're going to continue in Mark 7, but I want to issue this challenge to you. Think about and consider the spiritual condition of your heart. Think about it. We're going to be talking about it a little bit more tomorrow morning in our sermon about the hard hearts of the disciples, the hard hearts of the Pharisees, the hard hearts that we see throughout the Bible, and perhaps even the hard heart that you have yourself. But consider the spiritual condition of your heart. And make whatever changes that you need to make, make them happen. Work on it. All right, let's continue. Verse 24. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. 
But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. There again we have another daughter, another unidentified woman, coming and laying down and falling at Jesus' feet. Now the woman was a Gentile. Ha! This is different. Before they were Jewish women. Now this is a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said, to, he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. What? Let's keep reading. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. What does Jesus mean by verse 27? Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Jesus being a Jew, of course, and of course the Jews and the, the Israel, Israel being God's children, God's chosen people. Jesus is saying, let them be fed first by me, the master. Let them receive these good things from me, for it's not right to take what they need and give it to the dogs, the Gentiles, this Gentile woman. But yet the woman's faith was so strong in her persistence, her statement of faith, but even the dogs eat from the master's hand. That's what Matthew's account says. That kind of faith was missing in Israel. That kind of faith was missing from the Pharisees. So you want to talk about a hard heart. You want to talk about this, this defilement and the purity of heart. This woman had a purity of heart, but because of the Israel law and the tradition, she was unclean. But yet she had the faith that many of them lacked. Verse 31, Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And, he, and uh, taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Have you ever stopped and thought about how from the moment people have faith in Jesus, they immediately start disobeying him? I never stop and think about that because we think about how wonderful it must have been to see Jesus complete these miracles and how difficult it must have been to not tell anybody. But yet these people, even though Jesus charged them, don't tell anyone, they still went out and told people. And while that served a purpose and people still you know, heard of Jesus and came to him, it made things difficult for Jesus in order to get around and complete his, his ministry. But I think... One of the important things here is that even then and even today, disobedience happens. But it's something that we should strive to avoid. Listen to Christ. Listen to his word and do what he says to do. If Jesus says, don't go tell people about this, don't. 
But of course, he's not telling us that today, is he? No, he's telling us to go. He's telling us to go teach, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. But at this time, Jesus says, don't. Because that's his will. And he has a purpose that he needs to complete. But today we have the charge to go, teach, disciple, baptize, observe. All those things that we have to do as Christians. But it all starts in the heart. Your purity, your response to Christ, all of those things start in your heart. And one cannot fully understand and even read the Bible and study it in the way that we're talking about studying it, getting into the Word and finding application for it, unless you don't have a hard heart, unless your heart is not focused and turned towards Christ, finding understanding, finding hope, finding peace in many of these writings will be difficult and next to impossible. Because it all starts in the heart, a believing, penitent heart. If we can assist you in any way, I want you to reach out to us. You can leave us a comment below. You can reach out to us privately on Facebook. You can email us. You can call us. We are reachable. It is the 20-whatever century it is. 21st, 22nd century? I don't know. It's a century. And it's a century full of technology, and you can reach us in many ways. If you have a need that we can assist you with, let us know. Let us help you. You can email us at info at loveland.church. You can also go to our website right there loveland.church and you can find out all you want to know about the church that meets here in Loveland Heights. You can also catch up on the previous studies that we've done all through the book of Matthew and the start of Mark, but you can also look back at previous sermons as well and listen to the lessons that we've brought from uh, the different pieces of this reading as we've gone throughout God's Word together in 2018. And if you love technology like I do, there's also an option for podcasts and you can have these delivered to your mobile device on a daily basis as they come live. I hope you've um, been uplifted by this. I hope this has encouraged your study and, and you've learned and gleaned something from it. And again, if you have any questions, use that comment section down below and let us know. And if you found this study important and you found something relevant that you'd like to share with others, share it. There is a share button right uh, probably over here somewhere. Share it. Share it to your friends and family on Facebook and tell them something that you learned from it, something that, that you found hope in or something that uh, maybe changed you. Get the word out. Spread the gospel. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and I hope to see you all tomorrow morning as we gather together for worship and a time of fellowship. Have a great day. Be blessed. For a better one, bright and fair, Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, the weather there.